You are listening to Inclusion Evolution, a bi-weekly podcast that brings you insightful and engaging conversations on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the legal profession, the technology space, the world of sports, and our everyday. Here are your hosts, Lisa Mueller and Michael Kasdan. Well, Mike, we're back with another episode, and today we have another special guest. It's James Oliver Jr. James is the CEO of Kabila, which is an inclusive co-founder matching app, which connects BIPOC and women founders to capital and to each other. And we're going to definitely get into this more uh, during today's podcast. Kabila is also doing some incredible things focused on the mental health and well-being of entrepreneurs, which is a critical topic that we're going to discuss here today. So, Mike, there's lots to talk about. Yeah. And as if that weren't enough, uh, James is also the founder of the Parentpreneur Foundation, uh, which seeks to empower black parentpreneurs so they can leave a legacy for their children. As a parent of twins who were born prematurely and weighed only two pounds each, two days before he started at Tech Accelerator, James uniquely understands the challenges that black parentpreneurs face. James is also a fantastic podcaster in his own right. Um, through that foundation, as well as the author of The More You Hustle, The Luckier You Get, You Can Be a Successful Parentpreneur. James, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, so delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's start by talking about a massive topic in the startup and entrepreneurship space that your startup, Kabila, is designed to help address. And that is how difficult it is for Black, Brown, and minority startup founders to get access to capital and startup resources. So, James, what's your take on this problem based on your own experiences? And what are you doing through Kabila to help address it? Oh, boy, how much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) As much as you'd like. Oh, my God. You know, I am, uh, this is my third, uh, I'm a three-time founder. So, Kabila is my third startup. Uh, My first startup I launched in 2013. So, 10 years. The first one failed. Um, I raised capital for the first one. Uh, I was a solo, non-technical founder. Uh, we built a, we built software that lets you turn your digital images into removable photo wallpaper. Um, so it was really hard to raise money then. You know, face the challenges of, despite having invented a really remarkable product that, you know, without the help of a publicist, I got on a Today Show three times, Good Morning America, Money Magazine, on and on. And I can recall. Um, Multiple times, someone would say to me, oh, man, if you were a white founder, you know, we montage would have blown up already. And yes, sorry, that just it hits me every time I say that because it's very upsetting. Um, so I started the Parentpreneur Foundation, Foundation during COVID because when I did my first startup, you know, we were living a thousand miles away from friends and family and my twins were born three months prematurely they weighed two pounds a piece and there was a two-hour drive to the accelerator um and i I don't know if i just said that they were born two days before i started the accelerator so um that was my introduction to being a parent and an entrepreneur and that was extraordinarily difficult and i wrote a book to inspire the millions of parentpreneurs around the world to be the best parent and entrepreneur they could be Uh, i published that back in 2017 it's called the more you hustle, the luckier you get. You can't be a successful parentpreneur. And when I wrote the book, I thought that one day I'd start a foundation to help 
parents who are entrepreneurs be the best parent entrepreneur possible. I thought that I would take a million dollars of the sale, sale of my business and, and seed a foundation. But, you know, as I mentioned, the business failed. Um, and when COVID hit, I understand that within every crisis exists opportunity. So I was just like, all right, God, show me the opportunity. And I had a chance coffee meeting with a, uh, an acquaintance and her boyfriend. And I mentioned that I want to start a foundation and they were like, well, what are you waiting for? Why don't you start it now? And you know, I'm kind of crazy. I was like, Oh, I feel like that was inspiration. I felt like that was God talking to me through them. And I was like, yeah, what am I waiting for? Like the ticket, the amount of just failed. It's never going to sell. Like, yeah, do it now. So I had no previous experience with starting a foundation, but I was like, I'm doing it now. I start. I'm, I'm Mike. I'm crazy. Like I'm head first, man. I'm Taurus the bull, right? Just stubborn, mm-hmm. head first down the path, right? No experience. Don't know any of this. So, uh, long story short is, you know, I reached out to a couple of um, to some of my you know good friends and mentors and sponsors from um, the guys from TechStars, and I was like, hey, I want to start this foundation because I know they're very philanthropic. What do you think? They were like, oh, it's hard. And I'm like. They're not wrong, but I'm like telling me something's hard just doesn't land with me. I'm like it's hard being black, man. <laughs> You're used so, to doing hard. It sounds like it's always it's always hard. Like I feel like historically, you know, and this is true for you know underestimated, overlooked founders. You know, oftentimes we have to do more with less. So that doesn't that's not a reason to not do something, is what I'm saying, right? So then George Floyd happened, and then I got an email from out the blue from Brad, uh, one of the co-founders of Techstars, and he just was like, you know, game for a 30-minute Zoom. And there was nothing in the body of the email, which is hilarious because he sends emails like that. He just, you know, when you're like an OG boss, you do things like that, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but I was like, you know, yeah, of course I want to talk to you. Like, everybody's trying to get 30 minutes on his calendar. I mean, he gets requests like that all day. Out the blue, he sends me that. And I'm like, what's up? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I just want to know what three things um, you're working on to address racial injustice and inequality that I can put my time, money, or attention toward. Wow. Or what two things I'm working on, right? And I was like, oh, this is so good. Because, and I know this is a long walk to answer your question, but I'm getting to it, I promise. It's all good. He, um, when he, you know, we were doing a Zoom, and I said, because at this point, you know, the George Floyd had been murdered, um, Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, all these things happened. You know, there was such an emphasis on the wealth inequality gap and between the black folks and, and, and white families. And then I had my own personal caring experience here in my subdivision in the quote unquote safe neighborhood, you know, being harassed multiple times, had to call the police on this uh, white woman who's a neighbor and file um, a trespass warrant against her. Um, she was harassing my girlfriend and I, just trying to sit in the backyard and eat some barbecue or smoke a cigar. It was crazy. Um, so anyway, after all that, I decided that I was going to make the foundation for black parents because we needed to help the most. So when Brad got on the phone, on Zoom, I was like, you remember that foundation I told you about a while ago? He said, yeah, what about it? I said, well, now it's just for black parents or entrepreneurs. He said, I'm so glad you did that. So I uniquely understand you know, the challenges of being a, a black parent, uh, a black parent and entrepreneur, 
you know, the data support consistently how hard it is. You know, all of last year, Black founders raised about 1% of VC funding, uh, have it on good information from a, a reliable source that I think Crunchbase is about to drop some new data if it hasn't been out there yet. For Q1 in 2023, I think Black founders raised about 0.6% of VC funding. Um, the numbers are abysmal. Um, it, I don't see it improving for the foreseeable future. You know, I don't get as upset about it as I used to. The reason we started Kabila, though, is because so the work I was doing in the Panpreneur Foundation, which exists to empower Black Panpreneurs so they can leave a legacy for their beautiful Black children, you know, we've given away over $100,000 in grants. We've paid for virtual assistance, virtual tutors for the kids during COVID. Uh, we paid for mental therapy for over 400 wow. therapy sessions for members in our community. And on and on and on. We have this thriving community of you know, 2,200, 2,300 members right now. It's great. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting in these spaces with these really smart, well-resourced people to like my affiliation with the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center. So we are partnered with them on this project for the JP Morgan Foundation, trying to figure out how to get more capital to underestimated founders earlier in the game. And meeting with people like IDIF, IDIF.org is an organization of LPs or limited partners. LPs are the people with the deep pockets who write the checks to the VCs who then write the checks to the entrepreneurs. And these people are trying to figure out how to get capital to more emerging VCs so they could get more capital to underestimated founders to try to change this problem or solve this problem here. And I'm looking at like Techstars, JP Morgan is spinning up these JP Morgan Techstars foundations, $80 million JP Morgan allocated to invest in underestimated founders to help them get started. So even though the data is really bad every quarter, every year, I'm like, all right, 10 years from now, this will have improved some. And when it does, and oh, by the way, founder teams with more than one gender, race, or ethnicity give investors a 30% greater return. So if for no other reason, purely Machiavellian, mm-hmm. LPs are going to be like, you know what, wait, Mr. Miss VC, you're not investing in this asset class that's going to give us some alpha. You're not holding up your end of the fiduciary responsibility, if you will. And, you know, if you're not going to invest in this asset class, you know, we're not going to give you any capital allocation. So when that happens, I'm betting the next 10 years of my life that this is going to change. And when it does, Kabila is going to be at the epicenter of the most badass, inclusive co-founder teams in the world. That's awesome. What do you think it's going to take to evoke some of this change? Because it's been so long. I mean, this problem, not only for Black, but Brown and other minorities, as well as women founders. I mean, this has existed for a long period of time. What do you think it's going to take to finally move that needle forward? I think we have to get more capital to VCs who are emerging VCs who will invest in underestimated founders. Like, period. Uh, but, you know, that's hard. I was reading an article on Crunchbase today about, you know, when LP started pulling back, you know, there were a lot of smaller venture funds that started in the last couple of years and they're out of money. They didn't raise enough money. So they closed their funds. They didn't hit their targets. They're having a hard time raising a second round. They're like these zombie funds I'm seeing. And because, you know, when I like to say that when <laughs> VC catches cold, you know, black founders get the Rona. <laughs> get COVID, right? 
but it's true. But if the LPs are pulling back, they're not going to invest in the emerging VCs as much or at all. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to go with the tried and true. And it's the tried and true that unfortunately is not necessarily investing in the BIPOC and the women and minority founders that you're talking about. But I do think, I think it's going to change eventually, like I said, purely, if no for other reason, Machiavellian. And I think this period we're in right now, eventually this is going to change. Eventually the Fed will start lowering interest rates again and woohoo, party back on, right? But I think there's something that I haven't heard anybody talking about this, but it's, this is going to, this is in your wheelhouse, Mike. Affirmative action. Affirmative action is most likely going to be struck down in June. Yes. Right. Yep. I think Mike and I are in agreement on that uh, case before the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually uh, we actually did a podcast episode a few episodes of it about ago going through uh, that case. So, uh, so yeah, we're mm-hmm. we're focused on that for sure. Yep. But so, why does that matter? Because I think if if and when affirmative action is overturned, I think we're going to have another post George George Floyd murder moment. Right. After George Floyd was murdered for the next 18 and 24 months, there was a lot of intentional activity to try to write these um, institutional or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, um, systemic. I can't think of the word. Systemic. Yes. Just, thank you very much. The systemic wrongs here. And I think. And, and I can tell you, so like I started the foundation during COVID. There was so much activity, so much engagement. You know, we do really great work in that community and people like one of our members, she came to us. She didn't know what she was doing. She just got, she just quit her job. Like we helped her. We've encouraged her. we made connections. You know, she just got a big five figure contract. She quit her job a couple months ago, but she just completely attributes to the shift in mindset and the resources we've given her in the community. We've given her in the Parentpreneur Foundation. So despite things like that, the people who were helping us before, they don't respond to my emails anymore even though we keep showing receipts right and we continue to show up consistently so i think we could have a repeat of that for 18 24 months after they strike down affirmative action and i think that the entrepreneurs who are being creative and strategic right now will have an opportunity to benefit from that doing whatever that period of time is and if they're really smart beyond that so th- that's to answer your question, what I think is kind of on the horizon that I don't see anybody talking about right now, but I'm talking about it. I'm thinking about it because we're making a major pivot right now. And I think we're going to be poised to like crush it. Yeah. Can I, so you mentioned two things or two words, you know, resources in kind of the follow money sense, um, but also community um, and how so much of this is access to capital, but also, you know, resources like people resources that, that you provide through community. Could you just talk a little bit about that aspect of Kabila and kind of the founder matching and why both those things are kind of important ingredients? Yeah, so we, we never even talked about what Kabila is. <laughs> it's something going on and on. So Kabila is an inclusive co-founder matching app in a community that's going to connect underestimated founders to capital and each other. So what that means is, so 70% of the founders who are looking for the co-founder that we talked to because, you know, I went through Techstars. Uh, while we were there, we talked to a lot of founders. 70% of the people we talked to were looking for a founder, co-founder, couldn't find one. So it's a really hard problem. It's equivalent akin to trying to find a spouse. We, even when you do, it doesn't necessarily work out, right? Like, I'm divorced. Marriage is hard. Um, finding a co-founder is hard. 
Um, so we're building an app to help them find a co-founder. Um, and then we have a community that, look, man, <laughs> being a founder is lonely. It's a lonely journey. And it's great to be in a space with like-minded people where you can connect and collaborate and inspire one another. Uh, thankfully, Mike, I mean, you've been amazing in terms of resources with your, with your work at Wigan and Dana and the, and the WRI, Wigan Opportunity Initiative. Is that what it's called, I think? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, the WOI. And you know, every month, you, you guys allow us to open up some slots for members of our community to get free business legal services. And look, this is so huge. It's enormous. It's so important, man. As a founder, you have got to be buttoned up legally. Because if you're not and you want to raise capital, look, I'm not saying everybody needs to raise capital. Some people bootstrap it, right? God bless them. But if you're trying to raise capital, if you're not buttoned up legally, that's going to send a negative signal to investors and they are they may not want to write you a check. Yeah. So so that's one thing. And we also, I uh, mentioned the Parentpreneur Foundation community because that's a nonprofit. We pay for fundamental therapy. We've mentioned over 400 sessions we pay for there. Uh, and we do a little of that in Kabila. Um, you know, we haven't raised our proper capital round yet. Although we, we're, we're going to market right now with a new deck and a new business model. We just closed our first angel investment, which I'm super excited about. But we're looking to partner. If there's anybody there out there listening and they want to help improve the mental health of underestimated founders, please like contact me, james at joinkabila.com. I would love to partner if you want to partner and help us pay for fundamental therapy. I mean, we use betterhelp.com for that. It's super affordable. They do a great job in terms of um, the way the platform works, helping founders find whatever kind of therapist they want. It's amazing. You know, I'm currently seeing a therapist. She's been amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I was joking before the podcast releasing. I was like, you know, the old expression in the black community. Uh, you, you don't look like what you've been through. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. And thank God because of my therapist just helping me, you know, get it so, a handle on some of these things that were taking up too much of my energy and time and just like toxic. You know what I mean? So yeah. finding the right therapist is, is everything, man. Yeah. And no, that's amazing to hear you talk about it. I know, you know, we, we had it kind of teed up to talk about, um, but you know, just the need to process stuff and the fact that, you know, the founder community, I think like the legal community, you know, is stressed out and a lot going on, you know, a lot of financial pressures and long hours. And you mentioned being lonely. Um, could you just talk a little bit about, I think it's so unique um, to, as a benefit, say, hey, we're going to give founders free mental health. It's such an awesome thing to do. Um, could you just talk about like how you came to that and and kind of what you're offering, how, how it's been received? Oh, yeah. It's because, so I mentioned that I mentioned two things there. I mentioned when my first startup failed. I also mentioned that I'm divorced, right? So my startup failed, my mental health failed, and my marriage failed, right? And that's the same time. Yeah, that's a tremendous amount. And you had twins too, you know, and I'm assuming they were, yeah, they still have twins. Yeah. And I'm assuming they were small mm -hmm. when all this was they were. happening. Yeah. They were just born. Yeah. They were. Absolutely. Right. We got divorced when the twins were five years old. Um, but it's, man, I just, look, man, I have such an obsession for helping entrepreneurs, especially parental entrepreneurs and, you know, and underestimate entrepreneurs because I'm, you know, all those things because I've been through a lot and I want, I don't want 
people to have to go through some of the things that I went through. You know, so so that's that's really what it is. It's like I'm obsessed with some of these problems we're talking about right now. Um, and the other thing I will tell you is anybody who's out there listening who's an entrepreneur, and if you're having a hard time, you know, it's two things. Like one is, you know, you're stronger than you know. So that's the one thing you can say. But on the other side of that coin is, coin is, well, damn, like I'm tired of being strong. I need a nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. So I don't want to have to be strong all the time. It's just it's hard. So it's important to take care of your mental health. Mental health is health. You know, I mean, Mike, you're in the Kabila community. You see me uh, hashtag tweet all that all the time, and yep. I do Every mental Monday. health Mondays. I think I did mental health Monday today, right? In Kabila community. Yep. Every Monday we do mental health Monday, so we use better help and. What we do is pay for four therapy sessions and you have to use them in a 30-day period. You know, they're like mm, 35 to 45 or 50-minute sessions. I can't remember exactly. It depends on the therapist and stuff. But um, so that's what we do. You know, we, we have an account with those guys over there, BetterHelp, and we set it up and you, you get a sentence email, send us an email, you can do it anonymously. And we put it on our platform and they send you an email and you're off to the races getting the help that you need. And I know that it makes a big difference because I hear, see people emailing me all the time in my foundation community in Kabila about how massively helpful that's been for them if they can find the right therapist. That's the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's always the key is finding the right therapist. It's like finding the right doctor, right dentist. And, you know, it's really Interesting, James. You know, I haven't really heard of any activity in the startup space relating to mental health. Have you seen any other kind of offerings with respect to mental health in the space? Yeah. So I will say, and Mike, you probably see a lot of this too. I see a lot of tweets about supporting founder mental health, but I don't see a lot of people actually doing anything to sure. support founder mental health. Other than tweet about it. Uh, I mean, Mike, you know me a little bit. You know, I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about these things. I just get tired of the, like the performances and the nonsense. And, you know, we're just, oh, we're about doing the work and uh, the performances of the things. And so there's a couple interesting things happening right now. Um, so Pioneer Mind. So actually, the founder of that is one of our investors. Pioneer Mind is this interesting new platform um, for mental coaching for founders and then he also started something called the founder mental pledge founder mental health pledge which is how i met him he had so brad feld put out a blog post about the founder mental health pledge and i saw that and i was like yo brad like you know i'm all over this and i instantly contacted naveed and i was like how can i help yeah it's like how can i help <laughs> right so you know i, I signed up i posted about it in a couple of places I'm involved with in my communities. I helped him do like a little live live stream to get the word out about it. And he's got all these VCs, investors and founders signing up and he's he's like building he's building up to something that I believe is going to be very substantial in terms of helping to not just create awareness around this but some specific things and resources to actually help with the mental health for founders. So those are, those are a couple of things that I know. I've seen a couple of apps out there addressing this um and is the one woman in our community named colette uh she has some kind of tapping app uh, some people think that tapping is something mm -hmm. that can help um I, I think it might be called libby i apologize i'm not sure 
um, what the name of it is, and there's some other things out there, but we need more. You yeah. know, the founders who've taken advantage of the resources that we provide with for mental health support, they're always like, yo, this has been amazing. And when I spin it up, a lot of them are signing up for some more. Yeah. No, it's great to see. I mean, I just think that, you know, there's talking about the problem and talking about and doing solutions and you know we can talk about the problem a long time and it's important right it's important to destigmatize it but that that's really cool to hear you know when you have a bunch of people who are vcs and investors and founders all you know getting on board and and, and starting signing a pledge like that um and then actually putting things in place giving people resources um you know that's super powerful stuff so that's great man you know my wish is and with respect to Kapila, Kapila, if we could find enough partners so that as we grow this thing, that if any founder in our community wants mental health, we could just pay for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know that's a super huge goal, but that's what I want because it's, it's so important. Like you cannot show up as your best self if your mind is not right. And you're, if you're an entrepreneur, you cannot be effective at, being an entrepreneur you just can't if your mind is not right and to double back to your question in terms of like what we need to do to solve the money piece of things because so what could be all one of the changes that we're making is we're actually going to raise an investment fund oh that's a good idea yeah so Kabila is going to be part of the solution in writing checks to support underestimated founders so like stay tuned for that that's coming buddy let's go baby yeah. No, I look, I love, I love the, uh, the sort of broad approach to resources, like resources is money. Like that's important. Can't really work without the money, but resources also access to mental health and access to community and other people who are doing what you're doing, navigating that together. So I think it's a really powerful kind of multi-pronged approach and really appreciate you coming on. Um, so I think that's, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much, James, for joining us. Um, and Lisa and I will catch you all next time on Inclusion Evolution. Thank you all so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Inclusion Evolution. The views expressed during this podcast are solely those of the hosts and not of their respective law firms. Share your thoughts with us by emailing us at llmuller at casimerjones.com or mkasden at wigan.com.